five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Nice to be in orbit. Good morning, good afternoon, and that's right, good evening. You're listening to Cluck, the podcast where Ted Cluck and Josh Loftus talk about the things that make them happy because they can. And I'm here once again, once as always, with the illustrious Ted Cluck. Ted, how are you, my man? You're looking good. Oh, thanks, baby. I really appreciate it. Yeah. We were talking um, off the air. You got the glasses. You got the hats. Good combo. Yeah, the Mariner's cap. And, uh, you know, I'm feeling good, Josh. Uh, We started the semester yesterday. I'm excited to be back with my students. Um, There was a lot of processing that needed to happen about the new look, though. Um, Oh, really? Yeah, I feel like I needed to provide some some safe spaces uh, for kids to just... And faculty members, you know, administration, just to talk and, and kind of get their feelings heard about about the new look. So, um, well, you you being in higher education are in the business of sa- of safe space. Well, you better Ted. believe it, baby. Absolutely, you really are. yeah. You really are. W- w- what's the overall uh, What's the overall thoughts of the new look when it comes to your students, dude? So people are too nice to just say they don't like it, but I think for oh, the most man. part, people like it. Um, and I can tell when they're kind of faking it about the glasses because the glasses are a lot and they're, they're they too are. much, they you know, yeah. really for a lot of people and even for me sometimes. So uh, it's taken some getting used to. I've developed like some some go to jokes, you know, when people are, you know, kind of processing it. I've, I've yeah. got a couple of jokes that I come back with. So uh, okay. hopefully it'll all blow over here in another week or so. But you know how the news cycle works. I mean, it'll be something else in another week. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and I'm sure that I'm sure that you're just you're just in the business, especially at that school, of just making the headlines every week. Wow. Every week, it's something different about Ted. Baby, listen, I try to stay out of the headlines. As a faculty member, you want to <laughs> you want to fly oh, underneath true. the radar, man. You want to keep your head down. <laughs> yeah. And- you know, it's be- it's best if they don't know you. So if people are talking about you, you know, it's probably because so- something <laughs> bad's coming down the line, right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, Ted, before we hop into our topic today, man, I got some trivia, and this is actually, you know, um, we have the best listeners we as do. we as we know. Yeah. Uh, we had a a a little trivia piece, and today's clucker suck provided by a listener. No way, dude. No, yeah, uh, one Tatum Clark. Tatum Clark. So Shout out we, Tatum. We thank you, Tatum Clark, for the trivia and the clucker suck that we will get to at the end of the episode. But Ted, here's here's the trivia for you, man. Okay. The first speeding ticket, okay, yeah, in the United States, mm-hmm. happened in uh, 1899. Okay. A New York City taxicab driver named Jacob German was stopped on Lexington Street in Manhattan by a police officer on a bicycle for going. 12 miles an hour nice dude when he posted the speed limit it was eight miles an hour not only Mm. was he issued a ticket he was thrown in jail wow that's yeah so so question for you ted when you are uh, when you are driving yeah um well actually here's first question are you are you the more primary driver or is kk are you guys Dude. more traditional or more progressive? Uh, and this is going to be controversial. You know how this goes, go. man. Here if we I was go. In my yeah. other program, it'd be an issue. But uh, that's right. 
I am more traditional. I like to, I just enjoy, I think I enjoy driving. So there's that. Yeah. But I also feel like there's something kind of chivalrous about like her not having to drive. And, you know, so on a long trip, I'll do all the driving. But I, I will say this by way of a compliment to my wife. She always insists on driving like one leg of a long trip. So she okay. likes to take a pull. She all likes right. to give me a chance right. to, to take a rest. But by and large, yeah. I do all the driving. I enjoy driving. And I, I have two items on this, actually. Um, okay. All right. One is I'm watching the new... Sam Elliott Western 1883, this series on Paramount Plus. Okay, I have heard so much about this. Dude, it's incredible. So I love Sam Elliott. I do too. I will watch anything with Sam Elliott in it. And Okay. Uh, you need to tell me about this show because I need yeah. to, I feel like I need to watch it. Dude, it's really it's really gritty in the sense that they they do a thing with creation, right? With God's creation where you see it as both beautiful and dangerous, right? Like fully beautiful yeah. and fully dangerous. And they do this with almost every episode. The show's really well done and well produced, but they they manage to retain kind of a rawness to it where there's not a ton happening in every ep. They don't try to do too much with too many storylines. Yeah. They keep it really simple, but man, is it good. And you know who's phenomenal in it is Tim McGraw. Um, Tim McGraw the, the, plays the country singer. The country singer. He plays kind of the main uh, guy, and dude, you're gonna love him if you watch the show. He's awesome. Uh, he's a dad, and he's kind of grappling with this whole. And it's something we've talked about, right? Like he's a big dreamer, and I think the people who pushed out West in that time period were like these idealistic dreamers, right? They were looking for, sure. for yeah. something different. And yet his dreams caused his family like untold pain, right? So oh, man. the show is very unflinching about how painful it was to go west and okay. how many people died and all the atrocities they faced and all these things. So it really doesn't uh, sugarcoat any of that. And Sam Elliott's character is in the midst of just great personal crisis and tragedy. Like as soon as you meet him in the series – it really sets the table for like where he's at emotionally, and he's outstanding just as that person. Now, is this the show? Because I had some friends that were telling me about it. Is this a show that's a prequel to an existing show? It is, and it's a prequel to a show that I actually haven't watched. Um, okay, because okay. I was less interested in the in the the actual show is Yellowstone. Yeah, um, Yellowstone. Okay, that's with Kevin Costner, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and it's kind of yeah. based on what I've heard. It's sort of standard modern prestige television in that it's probably a little bit too gross and or kind of depraved for my liking. And uh, that, yeah, that's sure. not me gotcha. trying to Jesus juke the thing. It's just whatever. But um, this 1883, they managed to keep it unvarnished, but they don't deviate into just kind of modern prestige TV gross out stuff like a lot of shows do. And I really appreciate that about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a rare thing with shows. It's very um, rare. Yeah. If I have to fast forward too much stuff just that's unhelpful to me, yeah. it, it, it honestly ruins the show for me. It does so, kind of ruin it. So, yeah, I'm, so I'm with you on that. Um, that's good to know. My it's other thing know. on this bit of trivia, and I think oh, I texted yeah. you about this, I got a speeding ticket over Christmas break. 
Yeah, and 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 that was going to be one of my one of my asks is are you are you kind of a lead foot? I I tend to be, and especially yeah. in this new vehicle. So we got we got a new vehicle right before we took this long trip up into Michigan over Christmas break, okay. and it's got a big engine. I, I really like it. But you feel like you're barely moving, even when you're going like 78 miles an hour. Sure. And sure. I was on one of these roads in Michigan where it's like a it's like a four lane surface road, right? So it's really easy to speed because you feel like you're on the highway, and right. and in fact everybody speeds. And it was on New Year's Eve, so there were a zillion cops out trying to fulfill their quotas. It was the middle of the afternoon, and I was borderline, right? Like I wasn't flying. It wasn't egregious. And this guy pulls me over, and I get very respectful with cops because I do respect cops. I respect what they oh, do. Yeah, 100%. And so I'm very like, yes, sir, no, sir, super, you know, play it right down the fairway, respectable. And I was kind of having some nice banter with this guy such that I thought he was going to let me off with a warning. Yeah. And even like he came back to the window and he's like, hey, you know, I get it. This stuff happens. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, sweet. He's going to let me out with a warning. And he, and and he it, ticketed and you. And then he ticketed me. And I'm oh, like, you son he, of a B. Like, he knew what he was dude. doing. He, he knew, knew what he was, was doing. Yeah, he was taking me one way rhetorically, and then he went the other way. So if that guy's wow. listening, and I'm sure he is, I didn't Screw appreciate you. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This podcast yeah. is not, we don't appreciate your, your work on New Year's Eve in no, St. John's, no, we Michigan. Don't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, we, we respect cops, but that was dirty. <laughs> that was dirty. That was a that was a rough move, man. Yeah, 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 that was rough. All right, Ted. Well, to pull ourselves out of the headspace of getting mm. speeding tickets and things like that, mm-hmm. um, when this episode is obviously not at the time of recording, but when this episode drops, uh, we will have just gotten done. I believe it was a few days ago with Valentine's Day. Oh, big. Okay. Yeah. Now, now, our, now, before we get into the actual topic, just super quick, are you a big Valentine's Day guy, or is KK a valentine's day or is it kind of like just one of those holidays that you guys really don't don't celebrate a whole lot you know being that we're children of the 90s we kind of go anti on the hallmark holidays a little bit and, sure, and sure. my yeah. my wife leads the way on that and I'll, I'll say this too it tends to be one of the bigger work days of the year for kk and it for sure is this year because oh, she's catering yeah she's a chef yeah. and she's doing a pop-up like dinner event um in our our little downtown here in Humboldt, Tennessee. So uh, she's going to be working like like an animal that weekend. And, um, you know, I think it actually, the 14th falls on like a Monday this time. So I'll, after the dust settles from her dinner events, I think I'm going to probably just take her out to a nice dinner and, and there you we'll, go. we'll just there have you a go. quiet experience with each other. So we're not, we're not huge Valentine's people. I feel that it's gotten like needlessly competitive and... Like everything that we talk about on the show, it's it's an exercise in like showing the world what a big sweetheart you are, and I don't like that aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you guys will be celebrating Valentine's Day by slaying it financially. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> we'll we'll just know. be doing that. Fingers right? crossed on that one, baby. Yeah, yeah. No, no. My my wife and I are the same way. It's not a, yeah. usually not a huge thing. We usually eat ice cream and watch a movie or something like that. Oh, I love it. Dude. Now, what but, do you watch? What's your what's your rom-com kind of go-to? I'm so sorry. it's not a rom-com. This okay. is what's interesting. So after we got married, and this will give you just a little insight into kind of who my wife is personality-wise. Yeah. I don't know when it started, but... One year, I think we had been married probably maybe two or three years, okay. right? So, so technically, the honeymoon's not supposed to be over, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and 
I asked her, I said, so, you know, what do you want to do for Valentine's Day this year? It's coming mm-hmm. up. You know, what do you want? You, you want to go somewhere? You want to do a weekend thing? You want to? She goes, you know what I want to do? Mm. I want a box of chocolate. Okay. And I want to watch The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> That's so really funny it, and random. It has, but it has, it has become tradition. Yeah. In... Our in the Loftus house that on Valentine's Day, Josh and Lauren are eating chocolate and we're watching The Dark Knight. I'd like to go into the psychology of that for a minute. Like, what is it? (sighs) It's it's a very atmospheric movie. What is it about The Dark Knight that she feels a connection to or that she wants to kind of be with on Valentine's Day? I think we it's it's a fantastic movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. I think I think it's one of Christopher Nolan's one one of his best movies. Yeah. Um. We both enjoy comic stuff. Like we both enjoy Batman, and it's just it's one of our favorite movies to watch. And it was just there you go, yeah, dude. It just stuck. So Interesting. Valentine's Day, man, we'll be watching Batman and uh, you know eating eating chocolate. So. Dude, can I share a quick Batman thing? And I realize okay. I yeah yeah go ahead. I, I keep hijacking your program. Like you That's have okay. a, as a Ted, as a host. This is have, this is our program. Ted. Yeah, you it's have some okay. things that you want to get done, and I keep I keep stepping on it. But uh, I have a friend, and I'm not going to say his name. Okay. But he's a kid that I grew up with in Hartford City, Indiana, middle of nowhere, little blue-collar town in the middle of a cornfield. Nothing good's yeah. ever come out of our town. No one famous <laughs> has ever come out of it. You, um, you and Nazareth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but it's a really nondescript place, except that one of the kids I graduated high school with, in fact, he was the other Christian dude in my, in my graduating class, he moved to New York City to teach... And he went on a few dates with Heath Ledger's ex-girlfriend, Michelle Williams. Really? And, yeah. And Joshua, when I found this out, you could have knocked me over with a feather. I've never been prouder in my life of anybody. Wow. Seriously. Like, Good I for was, him. Yes. I was stunned that, that my boy, class of 94, Blackford County High School, went on three dates with like such an esteemed Hollywood actress. I feel like they should, they should put it on the signage on the way into town. You know, give well, the kids... Something to dream about. I mean, you know? seriously. I mean, well, and talking about talking about like uh, you know Mount Rushmore of good-looking guys. Heath Ledger's a hard act to follow. Dude, very handsome guy. He's a good, very dude. very handsome dude. Right. I agree. Um, yeah. So good for your boy. I agree. Good for him. I agree. Out of way. Proud. Yeah. Shout out to him, whoever he is. Absolutely. Right? So Ted, we're we're gonna stay in the in the romantic vein. Okay. Here, because although we might not be big Valentine's Day guys, yeah, something that unites Ted and I, which I just actually kind of found out recently, yeah, um, is that both of us have quite a soft spot, as manly as we are, which we mm. covered in a previous app, very manly, right? masculine as 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 the day is long. <laughs> we both have a soft spot for love songs. Oh, I love a good love song. Same, dude. Right, I have an Apple playlist mm-hmm. of greatest love songs. Okay. Oh, interesting. Like on my phone. Yeah. Like simply, I have a playlist of them for when, when I just, I, when I need those to feelings. get in, yeah. when I'm feeling those feelings. Right. Yeah. Um, so we both are in agreement of this. And, mm-hmm. and the question is simple, Ted, what are some of your favorite love songs? Yeah. And I, I definitely want to go back and forth on this. I want to hear some of yours and I'm a yeah. little, I'm a little bit of an older gentleman than you, so I think we're going to get some good kind of generational back and forth going here. But there was a there was a band in the '80s 
that I really liked, and they had one record that kind of mattered, right? That moved the needle radio airplay-wise. The band was Bad English, okay, and it had two ballads on the record that absolutely ripped, dude. Okay. Uh, one was When I See You Smile, um, okay. and the other was called The Price of Love. And they were gotcha. both incredible. If you haven't experienced those two songs, you need to do it because, like... To me, they're kind of emblematic of what an 80s power ballad should be. Yes. Like completely earnest, uh, completely on the nose, really heartfelt. They kind of like, they've got a nice build. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yep. I just, I love a good bad English power ballad and those two stand out to me. Um, there you go. What do you okay. got? Let me let me hear one or two from you. Well, I'm going to stick with the 80s power ballad, man. Okay. I, I'm going to go another 80s band called Steelheart. Oh, Steelheart. Yeah. Steelheart. They were kind of a, I think they might have two albums, but they had just one album that was their yeah. big thing. Yeah. There's a song on there called Lady, is yeah. all it's called. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's the a dude, good, that's a good song, dude. The dude hits octaves. That yeah. I didn't know were possible for a man. Uh huh. Lady by Steelheart. If you have not listened to it, you need to go listen to it right now. That is, that will put a fire in your soul. I love it, dude. So I got another one. Go for it. Um, We're still in the 80s, I think, although this may be early 90s, but I'm pretty sure it's 80s. The band is Skid Row. Oh, yeah. Um, All right. The song is I Remember You. Yes. Um, I woke up to the sound of pouring rain. Mm. Um, Yeah. Mm. Love Letters in the Sand. I Remember You. Good stuff. Um, Yeah, dude, it's so good. Um, Good stuff. I've got another one kind of in that wheelhouse. Okay. Um, Warrant is the band. Yep. Oh, yeah. And the track was Heaven. Yes. Uh, yep. I've got a picture of your house and you're standing by the door. It's black and white and faded and it's looking pretty worn. Oh, yeah. Um, that takes me, dude, that takes me right back to Blackford County, man. Speaking of Blackford County. Right. Um, that's very much a time and place kind of love song for me. And uh, I love it. I'm a fan. I love it. Yeah, give me a couple from you. Dude, I'm doing uh I'm doing the king of the king of pop. Well, I don't know if it's pop. Yeah. But I'm going I'm going some Phil Collins. Okay. What do you got? All right. I've got You'll Be in My Heart by Phil Collins. Okay. He wrote it for the Disney movie Tarzan. Okay. Yeah. But it was one of those things where the soundtrack for that movie was mm-hmm. way better than the movie yeah but the other one by phil collins is against all odds okay which is which is another fantastic song how's that one go right. dude da, 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 we're against all odds and oh that's yeah what I oh that say. one dude yes. take a look at me now i'll still be standing still be here standing here oh yeah dude that one rips um i like that i've got a couple that are a little different Okay. Uh, this is from Whitney Houston. And oh, okay. It's off the soundtrack of a movie that I don't know if it's good or bad, but I do really enjoy it. It's called The Bodyguard. Um, okay. Whitney Houston, Kevin Costner. Um, the sort of seminal track off that off that soundtrack is I Will Always Love You, um, wow. which was a Dolly Parton song, I think, originally. Sure. Um, and Whitney redoes it to great effect. Um, but I'm a, I'm a run to you guy. There's a song called run to you and, um, I love it. And, uh, I think it's really great. So legit, man. One um, more from Whitney. Okay. Not, yeah, go for not it. from that soundtrack. A song called, didn't we almost have it all? 
um, which could be kind of a breakup song because I think it's kind of in the past tense, but, uh, but I love it. Didn't we almost have it all the nights we held on till the morning? Uh, you know, I'll never love this way again. Didn't we almost have it all? Uh, Oh, I like Houston. Yeah. Whitney Houston coming in strong. Coming in strong. Um, Ted, I'm going to go old school. I'm going to go old. I'm going to go oldies here. Go. There would be no list that would not be complete without can't fall can't help falling in love with you by okay. Elvis Presley. Oh, yeah. I love Elvis. The wise men say hey. only fools, fools rush. Right? Yeah, that's a great oh, wedding song. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very popular. Yeah. It's very popular. Um, but I'm also going to go I'm going to go Earth Angel. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. I love that song. I love Earth Angel. There's something about it that's just Dude, it it's ma- such it a made a nice tune. appearance in uh, maybe the perfect movie. Uh, the all-time perfect movie, not the best movie and not my favorite movie, but it might be perfect. Back to the Future. Um, okay. All right. There little, we go. Little Earth Angel moment. Okay. I've got one from a movie that really is the opposite of perfect in every way. This movie okay. is hot garbage. Um, okay. It's the Sylvester Stallone arm wrestling movie from the 80s. <laughs> Um, it's called Over the Top, yes. and he plays a truck driver in it, and somehow he's got a kid uh, at like a very Tony, swanky private school. It came out in 1987, but the movie featured like a really elite, like 99th percentile love song. Yep. The song is called Meet Me Halfway by Kenny Loggins. Oh, um, dude, I've got a Kenny Loggins uh, one on here. Yeah, dude, are you, are, are you a, a, a familiar, a frequenter of Meet Me, Meet Me Halfway by Kenny Loggins? Uh, uh, you know, I don't know if I've heard. I, I mean, I mean, I've definitely heard it, but yeah. I, it's not on my so list. So meet me halfway across the sky, out where the world belongs to only you and I. Um, oh man, yeah, it's tough to beat that. But what do you have from Kenny? Uh, I've got "I Will Remember You" by Kenny. Okay, which is which is more of a breakup song, yeah. right? But it but it has it has it has the love song vibe. Dude, no, it, right? I don't know how that one goes. I know one that, like that from. Uh, Sarah McLaughlin. It's uh, not no. the same oh, thing, wait, is it? Wait, 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 wait. No, it's not Loggins. What am I thinking? It's uh, Rogers. Okay, Good Kenny gracious. Rogers. Yeah, I different confused, Kenny. Yeah, I confuse the dude. Kenny Rogers. It's the I dude. will remember you. Yeah, that's the one that. Do you remember me? me? Yeah. Don't let your lift your heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, yeah. the '80s was a great Kenny decade. You know uh, what I really mean? It was a lot of great Kenny. It was the only Kenny decade. Yeah. Uh, but there were there were a lot of good Kennys kind of jammed into the 1980s, um, dude. How about how about this one? How yeah. about this one? I just called to say I love you by yeah. Stevie Wonder. Yeah, classic. You know, classic everybody song. knows the lyrics. Everybody yeah. knows the tune. Um, that's a nice one. Uh, I feel like I need to I need to come in with some more. I did no show prep. Um, that's okay. So that's all right. While you're looking, I'm going to give you one more. And this one was actually, I want your opinion on this one because my wife is convinced that this song, just like the movie that it is in, is a satirical parody of a love song. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. The song is Storybook Love. Okay. That is heard prominently in The Princess Bride. Interesting. I'm not like, I like The Princess Bride a lot, and I've seen it a lot, but I don't know that I remember any songs in it. So, um, 
so I, I'm going to read you some of these lyrics, okay? Yeah. And, and this was, if I'm going to be honest, this was one of the main reasons why I wanted to do this topic is because I wanted an excuse to talk about this song with you. Okay. Because it's very interesting, okay. right? So this is how it starts. It says, come my love, I'll tell you a tale Yeah. of a boy and girl and their love story. Yeah. And how he loved her oh so much and all the charms she did possess. And then it goes into the chorus, right? And this is, this is, this is the chorus. It says, my love is like a storybook story, <laughs> but it's as real as the feelings I feel. Okay. My love is like a storybook story, but it's as real as the feelings I feel. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Okay? So, yeah, so the, quest, the question is, because, um, yeah, the question is, is... Is this song, and you, you, I mean, you, you might just have to listen to it off air, but is this song, is this a parody mm. of what a, what loves, you know, all the love song tropes that are out there? Yeah. Um, because lyric, who, who honestly writes, it's as real as the feelings I feel yeah. and thinks to themselves, oh, this, this. I got is, one here. This is a banger. This is it. Yeah. I got, I got, it. I got a good oh. one here. It's so good, right? Yeah. Who thinks this? It might just be a bad song. Like, it might just be bad lyrics. Um, but if people enjoy it, uh, to some degree, who cares? Like, if, if, it, if for some reason it works as a love song. I've got, a, I've got some uncool ones to lay on you. Okay, and all right. I feel yeah. like when my dad was like a young adult, it was cool to like this band, but then... By the time I became a young adult, it was definitely not cool to like this band. The band is Chicago. Um, oh, I love I, Chicago, dude! I absolutely Peter love Cetera. Chicago. Peter Cetera is one of the greatest vocalists of all time, dude. I've seen him twice in concert. I'm not. Gonna oh, lie. Yeah, dude! It's been dude. A, it's been an amazing experience each yes. time. So uh, there are a couple that I want to talk about from Chicago. Um, what kind of man would I be? Okay, uh, living a life without any meaning. Uh, mm. And I know you could surely survive without me, uh, but if I had to live without you, um, tell me what kind of man would I be? Okay, so we're we're talking mm. lyrics. Uh, oh. It's poetry. Um, a, a track number six from Chicago nineteen. Look away. If okay. you see me walking by and the tears are in my eyes, look away, baby. Look away. Um, that one's kind of a narrative. It starts with her calling her him up in the morning and, and talking about the new love that he'd found, yeah. um, which which seems like kind of a jerk move to me. Like yeah. who does yeah, that? Right. Like right. a morning phone call in general is kind of a faux pas. But yeah. um, on the Peter Cetera note, though, uh, he did a collab with Amy Grant, and yep, what was it called, Josh? It was called. It was. Oh man, I know. Next time I fall in love. Yep, there it is. Yeah, next yep. time I fall in love, Peter Cetera, Amy Grant, incredible love song, and then of course there's the one from Karate Kid Two, the one in Okinawa, um, which is called what? Peter Cetera, Glory of Love. Yep. I am a man who will fight for your honor. I'll be the I hero am a man who, who will fight for your honor. Oh, yeah. Dude. Dude, Peter Cetera, who looks just like the like whack theologian Joyce Meyer, um, <laughs> they share the same haircut. They might be the same person. It might be. <laughs> it was his retirement plan, exactly. Right? Um, but dude, I mean, you're the inspiration by Chicago. I know oh, it's great. the I know yeah. it's the, the the quintessential one. But yeah, 
Oh, you know I love was meant to be. Oh, oh yeah, the kind of love that lasts forever. Solid. The okay, question. Got, no, yeah. no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. I was. I was gonna say, what have we left out? Uh, I feel like we've left some meat on the bone, but I'm having trouble, you know, I with mean, doing no show prep. Dude, I, no I've more. got, and I know it's probably super uncool to like this dude, but I've got "How Am I Supposed to Live Without You" by Michael Bolton. Sure. I, I'm a big Michael Bolton guy, man, and I and I don't care who I don't care who hates me for you it. You don't care who knows it. Oh. I don't care who knows it. I love Michael Bolton. His Dude, voice that is reminds so me. That opens up a whole new kind of listening experience that I've had. Not recently. Like this started in the eighties. Um yeah. but the artist is Richard Marks. Um are you familiar with this guy from the eighties? Richard Marks. Um right here waiting. Wherever you go, oh, whatever okay. you do, yes, yeah, 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 will be right here. Wait, I was a yep. big Richard Marx guy, so right here waiting. Angelia, um, Angelia, where you run into now, um, endless summer nights. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard Marx, dude, did a nice job. He was kind of in that uncool. Yeah. Uh, it was on like mom radio in the eighties, right? So like, okay, uh, okay. hot AC, like adult contemporary radio in, yes. the, in the eighties, did yeah. a a brisk Richard Marks business. But oh, uh, I was a big fan. Dickie Marks, if you're out there, uh, if you're listening, yeah, I was a come big on the fan. program. Come on the yeah. program. Yeah, let's talk about Dude, your library. Oh, another one that I love: "Bring It On Home to Me" by Sam Cooke. Oh, great! If Dude. you ever yeah. change your mind, yeah, so good. Dude, one of my favorite. Eight minutes of any movie is the the intro to the movie Ali starring Will Smith, which was a bad movie. Like it's sure. not good, uh, but I like the director and I like Will Smith. The director was uh, Michael Mann, and I had oh, huge yeah. expectations for the movie. I'm actually using this clip in my screenwriting class tomorrow as like nice. a great eight minutes to introduce character. But they do this thing where. They open you up in a jazz club and you're watching Sam Cooke sing that song, right? Oh, And solid. they're interspersing it with scenes of Ali training and he's like jump, jumping a rope and hitting the bag and jogging. Great storytelling. Great storytelling. But the idea is like Ali was boxing's first performer, right? Yep. So yep. he made he heavyweight yep. boxing beautiful. And he yep. kind of took it out of the realm of like the Neanderthal and brought it into this beautiful performance thing. And as the song crescendos you see these women in this club just like clamoring for sam cook right. and they're going crazy right. and it crescendos in the moment where like ollie walks into the the weigh-in with sunny liston and he does the float like a butterfly sting like a bee thing yeah and uh that's when you hit the the high points in the sam sam cook moment and it's just tremendous yeah yeah solid sam yeah. i'm talking dude another one so and this is not not at all have to do with our topic, but I yeah. love something because I'm a big uh, cinema guy and I'm a big yeah. music guy. Yeah. And when those two things blend perfectly to me, it's magic. It's so magical, right? dude. Yeah. And so that what you just described is fantastic. Yeah. Another one for me, which is actually more on like the sad side. Have you seen the movie The Untouchables? Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. There's a scene in The Untouchables mm-hmm. when Sean Connery's character gets tricked into walking out the back door and yep. it gets lit up with the machine gun, right? Yeah. They intersperse that scene with Al Capone at the th- opera. Yeah, that's right. Right? 
and how they interweave those scenes with the with the guy singing the operatic song, which is super super sad, versus Sean Connery like yeah. dragging himself on the floor trying to get to his crucifix because he's a Catholic guy yeah. he doesn't want to die without it, yeah, holding right. onto it, right? Right, 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 right. Scenes like that, dude. Cinema like that is just. I think there is something magic when you can blend so perfectly the visual aspects of what you're seeing as well as the emotions that music automatically bring up. Yeah. I don't think there is, it's one of the most powerful combinations ever. Dude, that movie was impeccably scored. That was a Brian De Palma movie. And it kind of, it exists in this space where like, it's not like the hipsters gangster movie, right? So like, the hipster crowd yeah. will gravitate toward, you know, Scorsese or yep. The Godfather, or whatever, and those are great movies. But like, as far as rewatchability and a little crackle of like redemptiveness, oh. I love The Untouchables because it's a very gritty gangster movie. Like, it works on that level, oh, yeah. but it's got the kind of big Hollywood. It gets a Hollywood treatment from De Palma, and I kind of I really enjoy it. Like, the high points are really high. The action scenes are great. Costner is good in it. Um, yeah, it's just a big Hollywood action gangster movie uh, with a yeah. great score. I really love it. Well, it's tur- it gave me one of like one of my go to not not um, insults, but like if I want to put somebody down in jest, I'll just shout at them. You're nothing but a you're nothing but a lot of talking a badge. <laughs> yeah, you're nothing but a it lot of talking a badge. Nothing but a lot of talking a badge. Yeah, and it just it just oh man, such. Great performances by everyone, dude. That's and, weirdly one of my favorite De Niro performances. Oh, it and is again, top. It's not on it like, is top three for me. It's not on like the hipster Mount Rushmore of De Niro performances, like but I think like Taxi Cab or yeah, or, you know, Taxi like Driver. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or, or, yeah, yeah. Excuse me, Taxi Driver. Yeah, he's really good in it, and he's like, he's the bad guy, but he's he's likable as Capone. You kind of buy the like, yep, the dark charisma of Capone when well, it's dude. Capone was a hero, man. Yeah, right. In in real life, like people loved him. In an era when criminals were heroes, exactly. Um, yeah, he he was one. You're absolutely right. And you and you get you get a sense of that when you see De Niro's treatment of it, and uh, yeah. it's really fun. Dude, did you know that Al Capone is the reason why we have expiration dates on like things like cartons of milk now? Really, I didn't know because his niece. I think she died from drinking really bad milk. No way. So he had a bunch of money and he campaigned and lobbied to get expiration dates put on stuff and we still have it today. (laughs) Dude, weird milk thing. And I want to hear you on this. And then let's let's close the let's close the program. I love (laughs) we pivot so hard on this podcast. It's amazing. Yeah. I won't drink any milk that hasn't come directly from my fridge. Like I won't drink milk at a uh-huh, restaurant. Okay. I will. I yeah. won't even drink milk at a friend's house. Like if I come to your house and and you offer me milk, I won't drink it because I just don't trust that anyone else's fridge is cold enough and their milk is right. fresh enough for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I live in I'm, mortal fear of like bad milk. I'm that way with water. Interesting. It's really weird. I am. I've got this weird thing, Ted, and I think mm-hmm. it was. I think it started from growing up because growing up. Uh, where I lived, um, we were on a well yeah. that was really sulfury. That's a unique right? experience, yeah. So sure. like sulfur water, it tasted like sulfur. You could smell it, right? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was it was just really bad. I've because of that. Yeah, I have such a hard time drinking water that's not bottled. Oh, interesting. If somebody hands me like a glass of of water, yeah. like like from their tap, yeah, it it 
I mean, if I'm really thirsty, I'll drink it. Yeah. But I've got such an aversion to things like tap water. Yeah. It, it is so weird. It has to be like filtered or preferably, please just throw me a water bottle so that I can drink that. Yeah. Dude, that's so interesting. So my, my wife gets mad at me because for me, it's a laziness thing. Like if there are, if oh. there are plastic bottles of water in the house, I'll just grab one. And I'll start drinking it, even if I'm not like out the door. And she's like, why don't you just get a glass and fill it with water? And I'm like, because this is quicker. Like I just It's, it's easy. It's right it's so here. Easy. It's like made yeah. for me, right? I know, I know. I really yeah, I really enjoy 100%. that. All right, Ted. Well, I know you got a heart out, so we're gonna do a quick cluck or suck. Um yeah. uh before you have to take off. And this one Let's was also it. provided by Tatum Clark. So thank you, Tatum Clark. Dude, shout out Tatum, Tatum. Clark. Yeah, shout out Tatum. Solid listener. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, coming through with the suggestions. We appreciate Love your it. listeners' suggestions because it's less work that I have to do. Amen. Um, so Tatum wants to know this. Ted, cluck or suck? <laughs> Wearing socks with Birkenstocks. Okay. <laughs> um, well, let me let me preface this by and, saying... And can I be can I preference as well that preface that I yeah. had to Google what a Birkenstock was? Yeah, I was just going to say <laughs> like... No clue. <laughs> I'm not the kind of guy who wears Birkenstocks. So like... Okay, all right. But my lady likes Birkenstocks. And I feel like the, the calculus on this is a little bit different for girls. Um, because when she wears like a really cute patterned sock under a pair of Birkenstocks, I think it looks really cute when she does it. Um, sure. sure. I think when dudes do it, it doesn't look good. Um, I think there's some real like sandal for dude stuff that kind of, um, I don't know. It depends. You got to be a certain kind of person to wear Birkenstocks and I'm not that kind of person. Um, I'm not like impugning them as a thing it's just um it's not for me so i'm gonna i'm gonna say sucks because the visual of like a guy in shorts and sandals just kind of makes me sad uh in general (laughs) and i i knew a guy again i'm not naming names but i knew a guy when we lived up north that his kind of uniform was like sandals with socks yeah and this was not a cool guy um You know, no. he's not a guy that you wanted to emulate. So, yeah. This guy would not be going out on three dates with Heath Ledger's ex. Definitely not. Very different guy. Very, very, very different 100%. types of dudes. Yes. Uh, yeah. But I'm going to say sucks on, on that one, Josh. Yeah, I'm going I'm going sucks as well. I, I, I think if you're going to wear sandals, mm-hmm. you can't wear socks. There we go. You got to choose. You have to pick a lane. I'm Consensus sorry. Consensus on the program. It's 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 one it's one or the other. That's right. Absolutely. Commit. Doggone so, it. Yeah. yeah. Commit. Doggone it. I like it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we really appreciate you guys listening. We thank you for uh, supporting Cluck with your listenage, with your suggestions, with your uh, your ratings and reviews. If you're on Apple or Spotify mm. now. You have the ability to rate and review the podcast, and we really ask that you do because it gets it out to more people, um, kind of puts the puts the brand out there, mm-hmm. and increases the cluck empire, which we all know that's what we're going for. Dude, it's going to be either us or Neil Young on Spotify. It's, you, know? you know what? You know what? A hundred percent. And at this point, I'm feeling pretty good about our odds. Dude, Neil Young <laughs> never wrote a great love song. Let's be honest. Nope. None that I know of. None that yeah, I know yeah, of. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and none that I would miss on Spotify. Exactly. So we thank you all for listening to this episode of Cluck, and we will catch you on the next one later.